up, Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine, rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 at tickets, Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday. Steve Sipple out today with illness. I am Jake Sorensen. You can always call or text 464-5685. Watch and comment on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. The show is sponsored by Gaina Trucking. The show called Early Break. And Mike Schaefer is not scared of the elements outside. He said, you know what? I gotta. I have to make the, the route to, to the ticket. I got to be there for Jake because Sip's out. I appreciate it. Mike Schaefer, 24-7 Sports is here. Schaefer, good morning. Good morning. How, uh, how was your drive? The drive was fine. Um, just had to be, you know, smart as a driver and not go too fast. Yep. Probably the worst part is when you get on places like O Street, there's really no such thing as lanes. No, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's it's like yeah, pass rush not. integrity. People aren't staying in their lanes. They're kind of <laughs> all over. I mean, there's a... There's a bus, and you don't know if it's in the far right lane or the middle uh, lane, and you're just like, do I go into the left lane or right. do I pick one of these other ones? But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Just you know, go slow. Um, I I think it'll probably get worse throughout. You think the day. it's gonna get worse? Well, the more people drive on it, and I don't think there's a lot of treatment. Well, so. I thought so. The deal is, I, I thought it's gonna be windy. It was pretty calm this morning when I drove. Oh there. yeah, it's windy. Is it windy now? Yeah, when, at when five shoveling out the driveway to, okay. to get out this morning, just like you know, you have that initial like scoop and you're you're tossing it. Basically, it's like all right, everything's blown that way. We're yeah. going that way. Okay, There's no reason to go into it. I so. did not scoop this morning. I just, I just you know, make, I had to make sure I could get here. So uh, I I hate the compacted. I know uh, I do too. I hate it. It drives me nuts. Listen, like, I hate it, but. When people will pull into my driveway after it had snowed and I haven't gotten yep. out there, like, to like, no. I'm like up at the glass, like yep. yelling at them, <laughs> no, I been tossing out them out, How dare you? saying words you can't say Park on the on airwaves. The street. Yep. Well, I'm glad you're here. This hour is sponsored by Trek CBD at 84th and Highway 2. Get there for any Christmas needs and New Year's needs. Yeah, great stocking stuffers over there. It so really is a great stocking had stuffer. Some, uh, had some D9 yesterday. To you did. That's, a, that's an edible that you can get. D9, uh, strawberry lemonade flavored, I believe. That sounds delicious. Uh, yeah, it was it was solid. Took it yesterday. Um, took it at about 8 o'clock, uh, and it kicked in around 10 or so and had a nice couple hours before I drifted off to a nice peaceful sleep. It was and, great. And now you're here and everything's great. Yeah, everything is fantastic. It didn't bother me at all when I woke up this morning. I was able to... Did scoop the drive. I'd say scoop. My wife loses her mind. It's shovel the drive. Well, it's, you know, it's potato, she potato. Mad. She claims potato, only potato. Columbus people say scoop, which really? I don't think it's I've heard, I've heard scoop the drive. Yeah, I know. Come on. This I is know. not a comment. Columbus isn't that big. I mean, she's from Omaha. So yeah, I know. I know. How dare she? Right. Uh, okay, Schaefer, yesterday, of course, a big day for Nebraska football. So we, we talked to you last Thursday, and since last Thursday, there's been a lot of things that have happened oh, yeah. regarding this. It's not just this year's 2024. We'll get to you later on. Uh, with you in the hour, but let's let's go to yesterday because um, there were some players Nebraska was hoping to get, which they got quite a few of. Malachi Coleman at ten forty five commits to Nebraska. That wasn't it though. You get you get uh, Joshua Fleeks from Baylor, uh, the transfer there. You also get uh, uh, Vincent Carroll Jackson, who was a mm-hmm. Syracuse commit. 
Elijah Judy, of course, the defensive lineman from Texas A&M. Eric Fields, a linebacker we did not know about, was going to commit uh, before yesterday, commits to Nebraska. So just walk us through. I mean, if, regarding yesterday, you lose Barry Jackson, of course, to Cincinnati, so you didn't get 100% of your kids. But mm-hmm. was yesterday as about as good as it could have been for Nebraska football or, or could have been a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot of ways to expect that it'd be that much better. I mean, they, they went out and they added to this recruiting class. They kept most of the pieces. They lost Ben Bramer. Yep. And they lost uh, Barry Jackson. They lost Malachi briefly, yeah. and then He's he back. got back in. And then O'Marion Miller. I don't know that. And Hayden Moore. So they, they did lose some pieces. And there are some good players potentially in there. But more than anything, they were able to stabilize the class. They showed, uh, you know, they showed that they can definitely recruit in the state. And they made that an emphasis. And I think that was smart, especially in the first year. But more than anything, they have to keep that going. They can't yep. just be a one-year thing. And that's kind of how it felt under Riley and under Frost. So we'll see how that goes for them going forward. But, yeah, I would say in a three-week stretch, they did about as well as you could really expect, considering so many of their coaches didn't have, you know, collegiate ties. That it, it, Yes, they had coached there like three years ago. But it's not like they had spent a lot of time recruiting this class, so they didn't really have anybody that they brought in that could just, you know, go flip a couple kids. Tony White's the closest thing they have to that. And we'll see, you know, what happens if there's anybody Syracuse portal-wise that Nebraska ends up with. So, um, you know, it was, a I thought, a a really strong effort overall. I thought Terrence Knighton um, looked pretty good just based on the comments from guys like Elijah Judy and Prince Will. Uman Mielin. Uman Mielin? Uh, yeah, Uman yeah. Mielin. Uh, and then Vincent Carroll Jackson. I mean, so he he had a really nice, uh, you know, couple-week stretch. Uh, yeah, getting Malachi to, to say yes is, is a big deal. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of growth left for him as a football player. He's very raw. He didn't have a great senior season. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. Uh, but that's the kind of guy that you want the opportunity to, to try to go build and try to go win with. And Nebraska getting that commitment, even though he's right down the road and he went to Lincoln East, uh, shouldn't be undersold. And so I think that was really, um, you know, a key part of yesterday. And I thought it wasn't a commitment win, but just Matt Rule up in front of the up in front of the podium again for a period of time. I mean, I, I know a lot of people such a good speaker really so enjoyed polished. that. I mean, he's I I sent this message to a, a mutual media friend of ours, and I was like. Hey, is it more jarring from when, you know, Nebraska went from Polini to Mike Riley, or is it more jarring listening to Matt Rule get up and talk than what we've sort of experienced every other time with any other coach in front of the podium? So, um, you know, he gave a lot of answers yesterday. I'm sure there's a lot of topics oh, yeah. for you to, there are. There to discuss today, but I, I thought that was a, that was a good part of yesterday too. I, I think the more people hear from Matt Rule, and of course they got to see it. They got to see it next August and September, and that's going to matter more than any words. But the more people are hearing from Matt Rule, I think the the kind of undecided have sort of been flipped over to where okay, I want to I want to see how it looks with this guy. Yeah. So regarding yesterday, so again the players that I mentioned, what was the most surprising one to you? Again, you obviously are in. You know, in deep in this stuff, but was there anybody that was a huge surprise that they landed yesterday? That maybe, yesterday, no, yeah. um, of yesterday, the ones that weren't committed previously. Yeah, I mean, Malachi's the closest to being a surprise because it it seemed like he was going to push it out into February, um, but I always felt like Nebraska was going to get him. It's just a matter of you know when, and it it turned out to be yesterday, and he turned out to sign, and now they don't have to 
to do that dance anymore. And so I, I think that was probably the most surprising thing. Eric Fields, we knew Nebraska would get that commitment if he was allowed to sign. He was allowed to sign. They Obviously, they really like him. Yeah, rules so it wasn't like it was ever a question. Everything about Eric Fields has just been kind of quiet and unusual. And uh, signing day was kind of that way, too, where it just pops up and what, the 2 o'clock hour or late in the 1 o'clock yeah, hour? Right before and, the actual press um, conference. Yeah, and so uh, that's a guy that they're really excited about, and that's a guy that's, you know, um, probably going to pop up as a sleeper for a lot of super sixes, I would imagine. Well, Rule we talked about and said, hey, this guy is not a sleeper. He's yeah, like, I know. So he went he, ruined, ruined, he ruined the moment for those who might want to put as a sleeper. There's a fair amount of people that are going to qualify as sleepers in this class, and so um, that'll be you know fun in February to kind of look at how people want to handle it. I mean, it's a really sort of interesting group that they've assembled uh, where you got a bunch of in-state kids, you have a bunch of lottery tickets, Yep. You got a couple guys, I think, in Riley Van Poppel and, and Prince Will, Uman Me Ellen, uh, that Good job. could be really, really interesting on your defensive front. Uh, the one thing that this class, I'm a little, little like, okay, there's still a lot of work here to be done. Wide receiver, tight end. Um, you know, running back, the room is really full. We'll see what it looks like. I mean, if they keep A.J. Allen throughout this whole thing. I mean, that, that would be a huge upset, wouldn't it? I mean, that's that's the biggest point. recruiting win that they've had. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I think it's interesting from the defensive side of the ball. I love what's gone on in the portal. Offensively, excited about Jeff Sims. Beyond that, it's like, well, they haven't gotten any linemen. They haven't gotten any receivers. They haven't gotten a tight end. We got Bryce Turner. He's the um, Well, I, I'm talking transfer portal. Okay. Because um, I, don't, I don't look for Bryce Turner to play next I'm year. With you. I don't look I, for Malachi to play a lot next year. So, if he ends up at wide receiver, which I'm guessing where he's going to be. So, I, I think, you know, they got to go out and find a wide receiver. Joshua Fleeks is a cool story, but it's hard to know what to expect from somebody that hasn't played a lot uh, lately. Um, so, uh, I they got to go find their Trey Palmer, Samari Did, Toure. Do, okay, so keep it right there. Do you remember when Trey Palmer committed to Nebraska? Was that December last year? Was uh, it was that? in January. Okay, so it was after. That's um, hope. I mean, I, I don't know when he actually committed, but I know it didn't really come out until after the first signing period. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, there's still white. I'm not I'm not trying to, like, get people all worked up yet, but the the thing is that wide receiver room, for as much as we've talked about how poor it has looked at times or how it just, you know, you don't know what's really there beyond a couple guys, right now you're looking at Marcus Washington and Alante Brown and a whole bunch of name tags. So, But you expect – portal action here i i would I mean, but i i've been a little surprised i don't know if it's a thing where they're waiting to get their wide receiver coach here well uh, that which, makes sense does that make, it make sense i mean it does but at the same time i mean if if the wide receiver coach which apparently is a known person at this juncture for jalen lloyd and other receivers uh if that individual isn't showing up until january 9th after the end of the football season the nfl season assuming they're not coaching on a playoff team uh, that leaves you 10 days to get somebody out of the portal. So, I mean, whether you got a receivers coach or not, probably a big time to be pushing and, and pursuing in that realm. And then I think the same with tight end where you have Nate Borkercher, you have A.J. Rollins. We'll see what happens with Thomas Fedoni. Uh, James what, what Carney's in the with, mixer. What, pause with Fedoni. What, what do you think? What are you hearing there? I mean, I – I, we'll see if he gets to the spring with Nebraska or if he's a portal entrant here in the next couple of weeks. I mean, I've heard all sorts of things about sure. Thomas Fedoni. So, uh, and then on top of it, 
the tight end usage that they had at Baylor, I mean, you're you don't you you almost need like the the classic NFL third string blocking tight end. Like that's more of what this offense is used. So it's not it's not like you gotta go out and find, you know, um trying to think of an example and every name i'm thinking of would work really well so i got nothing but okay the point is you you know you don't have to have like a super athletic freak tight end i mean you just got to have somebody that can help out um you know in terms of run block pass block that kind of thing uh texture wants to know uh how how close was nebraska to flipping benny nagoy who went to uh, oh i think it was Iowa super State close instead. i mean as this was probably the most interesting thing that had played out over the last 72 hours nebraska had him in for a uh official visit over the weekend you know i called him on sunday expecting he would not answer uh and he like he picks up the phone like tell him who i am even though he we've talked before but i you know you always introduce yourself especially if you're going to start recording somebody and i basically asked like hey you know you want to do a story on this visit or what are you thinking here he's like yeah that's fine and he just calmly walked walks through like taking this official visit, and then at the end, I'm like, "So you took this visit? Matt Rule went in home. It seems like things are going really well with Nebraska. Like, what what does this mean for your Iowa State commitment?" And he kind of just pauses, and he's like, "Well, I feel like I'm you know, I feel like I have good options here. I'm pretty stuck on Iowa State right now, but Nebraska's given me a lot to think about." And you know, from that point forward, it was basically just fifty-fifty. And everyone I talked to, whether it was coach, whether it was teammates, whether it was friends, whether it was people involved at Nebraska, whether I was talking to the Iowa State writer, I mean, it, it just felt like it was fifty-fifty. The Iowa State guy kept saying, you know, on our end over here, what we're hearing, it seems like it's gonna he's gonna stick. And I just kept wondering if they were gonna ultimately have that conversation because I'm sure they were talking. Uh, where they could just kind of convince him, like, hey, you know, we know that we haven't had the opportunity to build the relationship. It's long, but clearly in a short amount of time we've shown we want you. They weren't able to flip him. We'll see if he, he stays at Iowa State. I I think Benny's a really interesting guy. Um, he's going to play wide receiver there. Nebraska really liked him as a defensive back, and I think in that 3-3-5, he would have been almost in sort of a tweener role of, of on the back end or in that middle level, and I think he could have been really interesting there, but – uh, I'm excited for him. I think it's a good fit as a wide receiver at Iowa State, and we'll see how that goes. But it was – I I really think Nebraska got it pretty close, but just couldn't – you know, ran out of time, really. Another kid that Nebraska had a, for a commit goes to Iowa State, Ben Bramer. Was, yeah. was, was Rule close to keeping him at all or not? I don't think so, and it wasn't anything that Matt Rule did. I think the Bramers had one foot out the door as soon as Scott Frost was, was let go. And, and you got to give a ton of credit to Iowa State, Matt Campbell. They continued – Building a relationship there, you know, Bramer never was on campus again after the Oklahoma game until his record-setting day uh, in Memorial Stadium. Mm -hmm. And so that in itself is usually a pretty strong indication that if a guy's just staying away and it's it's not, you know, like Nebraska wasn't inviting him to stuff. And I don't know how strong the relationship was with Mickey and the family there, but they clearly had an affinity for Matt Campbell. Uh, they allowed Matt Rule to do an in-home. Um, you know, he, he gave Nebraska – you know, a shot, and ultimately the Bramers just decided to go forward with Iowa State. You mentioned earlier, Schaefer, regarding so you know the first classes that maybe Mike Riley, Scott Frost had now Matt Rule were, were pretty you know, had a lot of Nebraska kids in them. Eight kids in this class yeah. for Nebraska. Eight uh, out of what twelve that went uh, Power Five? Yes. I think. So you had two go to Iowa State and Bramer yep. and uh, and Nagoyi. Yep. Flores goes to 
to Oklahoma State. Yep. And there's somebody else in Mississippi. Uh, McIntyre goes to Oklahoma. Okay, McIntyre goes to Oklahoma. Yep. So I'm curious. You you mentioned there's some lottery tickets in this class too. How how many of these, these Nebraska kids are, are lottery tickets of the eight? Um, I think Jalen Lloyd is is a lottery ticket. And what I mean by this, and it doesn't mean that he can't be a productive player, okay. but what you're essentially doing and what they've done with some of these guys they've taken in this class is okay. You know, we can't coach everything. This kid's got a great frame, but, and he, he clearly, you know, has good instinct as a football player. What can we do to make him better? Oh, we can make him more technically proficient. What's that going to unlock for him? And that's what we're talking about with a Quentin Ivis that, you know, was Monmouth in Nebraska. Okay. It's not like we're talking about re- pulling him away from Rutgers or, you know, Maryland or whoever on the East Coast. It was Monmouth in Nebraska. And so that was like an EJ Barthol. You know, we're trust betting me, that our trust me on this yeah, one. We're betting our development is good enough that within two years this guy's helping us and he's not, you know, grabbing a plane ticket and in the portal and going back to Monmouth. So uh I, I think that's kind of what I mean by that. That there's certain guys that they just feel like there's something there that we can't coach, that they've got a skill that we can work around, uh, that we can make them better as football players and that's ultimately gonna, you know, help them out. It was the strategy they used at Baylor. It's a strategy that they used at Temple, uh, and it's been effective for him. And it's a strategy he's done in the NFL, too. I mean, some of the guys that uh, the, the Panthers have had some success with were players that were likely only in their camp because of connections to Matt Rule. And, you know, P.J. Walker probably isn't in the NFL, and that guy threw the best touchdown pass anyone has seen this year. <laughs> he should have won did. a football game. He did. If it wasn't for the dumbest officiating call that we've seen. So, yeah. um, you know, it's a uh, – it's a thing where these guys really trust their ability ability to evaluate. I thought one of the things Rule said yesterday where he kind of liked the fact that, you know, for them it was a lot of watching of senior film. Yep, and, he did And EJ Cooper or Evan Cooper comes across this guy in, in Fields, in Eric Fields, and, you know, he hadn't played a lot going into his senior year. Senior film was all really he had. He had a little bit of seven-on-seven, seven, a little as a junior. And then this senior film where he's just a truck running around and blowing people up all across the field. Well, no one's recruiting him. You have Texas Tech. He took a visit to Arkansas State. Otherwise, this is a kid in Oklahoma that doesn't have the attention of either Oklahoma State or Oklahoma. Uh, You don't have any of those real Texas schools outside of Texas Tech. And they look at this film. They're like, all right, this guy can play for us. I mean, we we can't develop that kind of intensity or these sort of instincts. And he's got a good frame at 6'2 and 195. We think that our, our strength and conditioning can build this up and we can make him a better linebacker. Uh, but he's got the the structure where let's go ahead and see what we got. And, you know, I, I think they're more excited about fields than a lot of guys. Uh, not that they aren't excited about any other people in the class, but that's just one where it's just like I think they really believe that that's going to be a big hit for them. And uh, those are the kind of guys – you know, they've had success winning in the margins, and we'll see if that continues at Nebraska. Another another guy that I was reading some of your write-ups here yesterday was you know, that has, doesn't have a ton of experience that is a big dude is Vincent Carroll Jackson, who was mm-hmm. going to Syracuse, comes to Nebraska. Nine State. total games in high school. Right, so you see Eric Fields, again, you know, didn't have a ton of experience, you know, was good his senior year, but Vincent Carroll Jackson has not played hardly any football at all. Why should people be so uh, excited about his potential here? Well, I think the thing with Vincent Carroll Jackson is you're just looking at a guy with a frame that is, you know, huge. I mean, I I don't I can't pull it up right now, but if you want to look up his size, Jake. Yep. 
I want to say he's already like six four, six five. So you've got this big kid that's just learning how to play football, and a lot of coaches love that. I mean, you know, I six five, two eighty five. Yeah, there's there's definitely um, the type of coach that likes getting that big hunk of clay, and then they can kind of mold it as they see fit. Versus getting a kid that's played a lot of football that has a lot of habits that you have to break, and so. Um, you know, I, I think that for Terrence Knighton, he sort of looks at it like, okay, this kid's 6'5", 285. He's got good footwork. Um, you know, I think he's another one of these guys that's a tremendous track athlete that also, True. Uh, you know, he's a thrower. And so uh, they, they just keep looking for those kinds of players where there's explosion in other athletics that they think they can translate over to football. And so Vincent Carroll Jackson kind of falls in that. He's... He's definitely in that Jalen Lloyd, Bryce Turner, Quentin Ivis lottery ticket, sure. uh, you know, terminology. Well, and you look at the the teams that offered him, it's, it's, not, it's not, not a really impressive list. Nebraska, Syracuse, Akron, Buffalo, Central Michigan who offered mm-hmm. him. So, But as Matt Rule said yesterday, Evan Cooper's a guy, his recruiting guy, that he'll be on a guy that nobody's talking about, and all of a sudden, a few months later, people are starting to offer mm-hmm. these players because he's in on them early. This has happened with several players in the past, and so... I, Apparently, he's just up at 3 a.m. Yeah, watching film. He just never sleeps. He's just watching film all the time. I can't think of the last time I was up at 3 a.m. Like, actually up at 3 a.m. Like, getting up or still up? Like, still up or getting up. What's more likely for you, getting up or still up at 3 a.m.? Uh, I'd be getting up, I think, at this point. Like, I I, I had this question to Happer back when we yep. had a radio show okay, yeah. where it was like, which hour of the 24-hour cycle do you think you spent the least amount of okay. time conscious for in the year of 2021? What, what hour? And I think, think we both determined it would be 3 a.m. What about 4 a.m.? 4 a.m. I could see myself having got up for like back when I used to go to Ferrell's. Okay. Which okay. Yeah, if, three if Jeff or Nicole are listening right now, they're laughing. But, uh, you know, so there's there was like the occasional thing like that but three is i think three is right yeah three is a different we're all, we all at two once in a while at our age you know in our 30s yeah, not as often like two i still have i've touched two a couple times yeah. in 2020 i don't like it anymore as much three as is to. just like a who knows? disaster yeah i don't want to be up at 3 a.m if you have any questions for mike schaefer please call or text 464-5685 or comment on facebook twitch youtube and twitter more next on early break on the ticket <laughs>